Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions, and uh, we, we appreciate you, some of you that listen each week, and others, you're probably listening for the first time. Exploring Missions is part of the ministry of American Family Radio, where we help to carry out part of our purpose, uh, you know? Our purpose is to aid the church in carrying the gospel here and around the world. And uh, because of podcast and because of Internet, uh, we do that every day. But uh, sometimes we don't know about the missions that's going on and what God is doing in other parts of the country. Well, this is part two of a, a program that's talking about going to Kenya uh, Nathan and his son Jude were able to go to Kenya on a mission trip, and uh, hopefully it changed people's lives, but I know two people's lives who were changed by it completely, and uh, we were talking about that last week. And so, Nathan, uh, I'd love for those that did not listen to last week, they can go back and listen to the podcast and find more about it. But tell you went with Vapor Ministries. Tell a little bit yeah. about Vapor. So Vapor Ministries is... Uh is an organization that exists to create sustainable centers to alleviate poverty and multiply disciples in third world environments. Um, now, what that looks like is um, a third world environment. One 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 term we might use is um, like a place in outside of Nairobi, Kenya, where Jude and I were able to visit. Um, a place like it's called Kawangwari. And it's a slum of over 130,000 people living in uh, crowded, um, impoverished, uh, in in trying to trying to live, trying to raise a family, trying to survive. Um, you know where there's not much employment uh, opportunities. There's not a lot of uh, safe, clean drinking water. Uh, there's uh, you know, homes maybe don't have electricity, running water, or uh, indoor plumbing. And uh, someone told me, I don't know how accurate it is, but one of the team members on the ground there told me that the average uh, lifespan or the average um, adult basically in Kawangwari, in a slum like that, um, is about 36. And so, you know, you take the a country like Kenya, where the average lifespan is 60, but you put someone born, live for years, for about three decades, four decades in a slum, and that's as, that's as much as you know most people can expect to live. Um, just very difficult conditions. We're talking about poverty, not, not typically the poverty that we see and experience and understand here in the U.S., um, but global poverty, um, extreme poverty, is a is a different picture. You know, when you're trying to survive on less than a dollar ninety cents a day for all your necessities, um, and I can give you some stats and some figures. We we need to hear that yeah. because what we're talking about are, is Kenya is one of those that's 
uh, far as the whole nation itself, it's better off than yeah. a lot of other oh, nations. Yeah. There's we, wealth in in, yeah. in Kenya, and you see it all around Nairobi. Uh, you've got modern skyscrapers downtown. You've got big mansions, um, gated communities, neighborhoods, private schools, um, you know, some nice cars. and But then you've got... You know, extreme poverty. Extreme poverty. As, as you said last week, it's different than our poverty. It yeah. is, uh, it is survival poverty. Trying yeah. to survive each day. Yeah, it's it's the safety net that we have here in the U.S. Um, they there, get there no school some. lunches. There's no school lunches. Yeah, there. there's there's no school for. I mean, if you can't afford a school uniform, you don't go to school. Um, mm. And so that's part, even part of what vapor helps to do. Um, but that's that's the thing. There's no safety net yeah. in most of these places around the world. Um, so before we look at some stats, though, I want to read a passage of Scripture that's come to mind. It's in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. It says, The one who is gracious to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his good deed. <laughs> I love that verse. Amen. Um, it's... Um, you know, when we give uh, to the to the poor, um, we're we're you know you don't expect to get anything anything in return, but you can, and it's coming from the Lord. He was the one who will repay you, and so um, that that kind of describes our trip. Uh, Jude and I, maybe Jude will want to comment on this, but um, I feel like we did very little. While we were there, we went to encourage the team that's there at Vapor, uh, both Vapor Ministry Centers in Kawangari and Gashagi. Um, there's dozens of team staff members uh, serving there locally. Um, and we went to encourage them in part. We went to participate in some of the work that they're doing on the ground. Um, but at least for myself, and I'll let Jude speak for himself, I feel like I was encouraged more than I did any encouraging. You know, what do you think? Mm, I agree. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's like me going uh, as pastored as long as I did, you know. I'd go to a hospital or the nursing home sometimes, and I'd go to encourage them, and the reverse happened. Yeah. And I can imagine on that, especially because the people you're working with there that are part of Vapor Ministries, that's their home. Uh, they're not quote, you know, from somewhere else to come do the work, they've come out of that area, and mm-hmm. now they're giving back yeah, to that absolutely. Group. And they're a, a walking, living picture of what God can do and what um, when, when God's people uh, give uh, generously, um, and, and it's not a, a handout, right? It's, a, it's more of a hand up where you're, you're giving assistance. But that person is working in there, um, you know, through them, God is providing uh, for others. And so they're, they're, they would all say they've been blessed, um, but they're, they know they're blessed so they can be a blessing. You know what you said last week before you get to the stats that you were going to give? Uh, the whole idea of, of what you see and what you observe there as a person that's coming to encourage, and you guys were the ones that were encouraged, 
was they probably were more than you think they were. Mm. I, I really do believe that. But they said, you're interested in us. Uh, you care for us. You came and put out for us, and you worked with us. I love the word with because that's, that's what yeah. that's what a Vapor does is work with those people who are there to provide some of these uh, mission purposed to share the good news of Christ, to alleviate poverty with those those people that they were they're a part of. Yeah, that's right. They're right there with them, and uh, that good news is that God is right here with us. You know, and He can <laughs> same God. Right? Yeah, and He Amen. makes a way for us to be with Him Amen. Uh, through Jesus. Um, you know, you go to Vapor's website. It's vaporministries.org. So it's a vapor with a V V A P O R. Um, the idea comes from um, James 4.14. Uh, in Proverbs, there's different passages in Scripture that remind us that life is short. It's like a vapor. First it's here, and then it's gone immediately. And so what are, you, what are we going to do in that short span that's going to last for eternity? It's like going to a cemetery, and someone asks, what's the most important part of the cemetery? It's the dash. Yeah, the dash on the tombstone between yeah, the de- between birth date the, and the death. Yeah, that's yep. important, isn't it? That's right. So um, you go to vaporministries.org, and right on the front page you can see these uh, statistics there. Uh, But there are 785 million people who lack access to safe drinking water. Uh, There are 3.6 billion people around the world that lack access to essential health services. One out of three children across the globe suffers from malnutrition. And 41% of the world's population has little to no access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Vapor is touching on all of those things with some of the work that they do. Uh, we talked even in the last program about the, the drinking water, providing safe, clean, healthy water for people there. Uh, but one of the other things that they do is they help provide um, health services for those in critical need. Um, they also help uh, with uh, education for children um, and and then, you know, food uh, portions. And we were we were able to see that firsthand and, and experience that firsthand. Right. Um, I think one question I asked Jude a, um, a week ago when we when we shared at our uh, church, Eastside Baptist Church right. in Birmingham, Alabama. That's right. And um, I asked Jude what was the most challenging uh, thing that he he was able to do. What did you What did you say about carrying those food bags? All right. So the the story was, my dad. I look over at my dad. He's struggling. Face is red. About to pass out. <laughs> look over to my right. This lady carrying. Two, one in each hand, no, one in her left hand and the other on top of her head. About 35. Yeah, about 30 pound food bags. Yep. (laughs) And she, how was she doing? Was she as panting and breathing as hard as she did? She was laughing at me, yeah, because my face was so red. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Kenyan women are, I'm convinced, are some of the strongest people on the face of the earth. Yeah. And uh, you can get, when you can carry 40, 45 pounds of something, Balanced on top of your head, uh, carrying a child on your hip, and walking up a hill with uh, with flip flops. Yeah, you're 
you're pretty amazing in my book. <laughs> I would say so as um, well. But Jude and I, well, I will. I won't speak for him. He he's he works out uh, for his football team, but he probably wasn't struggling as much as his dad was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I you had some pictures of it, and it came across Nathan that. That, that he was in better shape than his dad. Okay, yeah. so it did. Right. So when you when you look at these statistics and we see them and we, you know, right now though, you guys are putting faces to those statistics. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And this is radio, so we can't give a picture. Uh, we can't do that. But as best we can, we're talking about people that live in this kind of poverty who would love to work, but there's no jobs for yeah. them to work. The farming has basically been taken away because that's out out of uh, the way that they cannot produce that way. And growing up uh, here in northeast Mississippi, we we weren't rich. We I thought it was middle class. As I got older, I found out we were poor. But being poor in the country and having land where we grew our own on produce, you know, man, uh, we ate in spring, fall, uh, summer, and fall. We had the food there, you know, go to the uh, garden or the patch and get it. But they don't have that. They don't have that opportunity in Kenya, do they? Uh, not many. Many, many do not. Uh, there are millions there, and you know, again, around the world, you're talking even larger numbers. And that was one of the shocking things. For me, two two things I, I would say shocked me on this trip to uh, Nairobi, Kenya, going to the slums of Kawangwari and Gishagi, and uh, it, it's to see the vast numbers of people, how crowded and how packed in um, the slums are. Um, I've seen a I've seen it on a small scale before this. I've never seen it on a large scale like this. And Kawangwari at one hundred thirty thousand. Uh, plus population is not even in the top five largest slums in Nairobi. Um, so you have others that are that are pushing a million in population. Imagine a slum, yeah, a Kabira slum is is incredibly large. So um, you know, and so that was one of the shocking things. And and I I came to a point where I was even struggling to see just the little drop in the bucket that. Is all I could do, you know. Uh, but I was reminded. Um, actually, I was reminded by Audrey uh, McKelvine. So Micah and Audrey McKelvine founded Vapor Ministries almost twenty years ago. And Audrey reminded our team as we prepared to return to the U.S. Um, that she described how I was feeling. Like I'm barely touching, scratching the surface. I'm giving a food bag that might last a family of four or five people. It might last them three days. Um, and, you know, this water, you know, they'll still have to come back the next day to the vapor center. They don't, they don't collect, turn on their tap. Right. Maybe. They'll have to collect the water and carry it back. Yeah. Um, they still don't have indoor plumbing. They still don't have a job. A few a few will, but most won't. What, you know, what 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 are we doing? We're just barely scratching the surface. And I was feeling all those things. She reminded me, though, uh, of the good shepherd who goes out to get that one sheep, you know, <laughs> and, and finds that one that's lost. And um, we, we're maybe not making a huge difference in numbers around the world, 
by one little mission trip to, to Nairobi, Kenya. But we're making a, a difference in somebody's life. And there's an eternal difference that Jesus makes and there was, in people's lives. There was people that were saved. Yeah, absolutely. Here at a yeah, time. Definitely. Un, uh, close to 100, yeah, you say? Yeah, that's right. Amen. So, that's more than a lot of churches reach uh, in 10 years. Yeah, so that leads to the second thing I was shocked about, okay? Just the o- overwhelming um, vastness of the need was one thing. That The other thing was the unbelievable openness um, to hear good news that people were. Uh, people were just ready for hope, eager to hear what you had to say. Um, and honestly, we could have gotten there and told them anything, and they'd have been eager to hear what we had to say. But when we told them about Jesus Amen. and the difference he can make in their life and that he could bring salvation into their life, um, there were so many ready to believe and follow Jesus. And, and um, whether they've heard it for the first time or they had heard it before, um, for many it made a, a difference in that moment, and it will make a difference for their e- eternity. And uh, so that was the other thing was how open people are. The, the harvest truly is ripe and ready, and we just we need workers to go. We need workers to go. Hey, Jude, I know one of the things you was talking about, a 17-year-old boy that was born again and saved, yeah. you was telling me that was one of the highlights of the, the mission trip, to see if people saved. And even out of poverty, they have eternal life waiting on them in heaven. Mm-hmm. What did that? And, and that stranger became a brother in Christ, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that neat? I know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's one of the greatest feelings in the world that although you're leaving them and you may never get to see them again, you will see them again. Mm-hmm. That that ought to drive us, shouldn't it, to share Jesus Christ? It should. It should. Well, Nathan, another thing that I wanted you to do is make sure and tell them about the soccer fields. Yeah. And I, I got the pictures and looked at them, and most things around there was not green, but there was a green field right in the middle of of some of these difficult ghetto places. Tell yeah. me about that. Yeah, so... It was almost like um, an oasis in the desert, if you will. Uh, the desert being uh, the shanties and the slums and the and the um, the the dirty streets, and um, and then right in the middle, here's this large green soccer pitch. Uh, other places in the world call it football, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> football. When when they would tell uh, introduce Jude, people would say, "This is Jude. He he's quarterback." Uh, for American football team, so you have to you have to differentiate between football and American football. <laughs> Completely uh, different. That's right. So, and you know, we'd get the question, "Why do you call it football? You you don't you don't yeah. kick it with with your feet, at least not very often, right?" So, uh, but they play soccer, and that's the sport that ninety five percent of the world loves, right? And uh, so, vapor provides children. Uh, of all ages, youngest all the way, even up until young adulthood, to to get out on the field instead of in the street, um, to kick a real soccer ball around. Call me a real soccer instead ball instead of a trash ball. Yes, that you'll see. Uh, kids will collect trash, what we would call a trash bag or a plastic bag or any kind of plastic, and try to find some twine and rope it together to make a what their version of a soccer ball might be. Uh, instead of that, 
and setting up a couple of stones in the street for your goal, you know, um, they're out there on a real soccer pitch. Green grass, uh, beautiful, um, you know, with real soccer ball uniforms and, uh, and teams. And uh, so thousands, uh, thousands and thousands around the world through Vapor Ministries um, of kids every day are getting to play the sport that they love. And then they get to hear from the coaches who lead them about the God who loves them. You know, I, I couldn't help but think about the movie Field of Dreams, Build It and They Will Come. Honestly, soccer, soccer field, football field, uh, you build it and they'll come. Thousands show up and they have a real soccer ball. I remember on the first mission trip I went to, a, it, it was to Honduras, and I remember being at Tegucigalpa, and that was the city there, and going to one of those areas and seeing them just having a, not a real soccer ball, but one that you were describing, and they were kicking it around, and... Uh, our team bought some real soccer balls, and they gave to them. You thought you had given them the best gift that anybody could ever give, and so that that ministry, the two, those two, the water, yeah, and, and the soccer fields really make a difference in in lives, doesn't it? It does, and 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 so you get to tell people about the living water, you know, who <laughs> who always satisfies. Never runs dry. Uh, will will make you <laughs> into like a spring. Seems like that's a Bible story yeah. somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, and then and then they get to uh, these children, and through the children, families then in turn get to hear about uh, the God who made them and loves them um, as they as they play soccer. And so, uh, tens of thousands of people are daily um, ministered to through Vapor Ministries. Uh, they have two centers in in Kenya. We got to visit those. Uh, Kawangwari and Gishagi. They have another in West Africa currently, in Togoville, which is in Togo, West Africa. And then there's three in Haiti. And so um, in the next 10 years, Vapor is uh, hoping and praying and um, going to, uh, the vision is to see 10 new centers uh, open, most of those being in West Africa region, where there's little to no access of the gospel. Uh, with people groups that are living there. So you're looking at those areas that are unreached. Yeah. Tell everybody what a kind of a synopsis of unreached people Yeah, group. an unreached people group um, is um, a group of people that have common uh, ethnicity, language, uh, worldview, uh, geographic location, um, other things, but they they see themselves as, as their own group. And within that group, there are there's not... Uh, enough uh, gospel witness, whether it be churches, uh, Bible in that language, missionaries even serving among them, there's not enough gospel witness uh, to evangelize the group. And so most people have said there's got to be at least 2% of the population to be followers of Jesus, evangelical Christian, for that those people to evangelize the rest of the group. And so when you say an unreached people group, you mean someone who doesn't have access to the gospel. Yeah. And so Vapor Ministries is targeting purposely yeah. those. That's kind of like what Jesus did. He purposely went through Samaria. He purposely went up to Sire and, and Tyre and Sidon. You know, Jesus purposely yeah. went to people that desperate needed him. And that's what we need to do, not just Vapor Ministries, but that's what all the mission efforts needs to be put to. 
Yeah, so it's top priority, right? It's, it it's the be. purpose that God has given us to make disciples of all the nations. Um, and the ones that are remaining are the ones that are probably a little bit more difficult to uh, to get to, uh, require more sacrifice on our side to to be able to serve them and, and share the good news with them. And it costs more to go Absolutely. It does. It does. Nathan, in the last few minutes, I want you to do uh, this, to speak to some fathers, especially parents, about teaching their children this and taking this. We, we spoke on that a little bit in the first, uh, you know, program that we did last weekend. But I, I want them to hear the joy it was for a father and son. Here we are sitting behind these microphones, and it's three generations. And I cannot tell you what the joy is in my heart to have a son and a grandson and uh, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and that grandson going on this great mission trip that would help him in his Christian walk and change his life. Mm. Put put that challenge out there to some parents. Well, um, I... I think you've done a good job of it. And let me just read the verse that I read to begin with and then the next verse. Uh, Proverbs nineteen seventeen. like I said, it, it reads, Being kind to the poor is like lending to the Lord. The Lord will reward you for what you have done. Uh, the next verse, 18, says, Correct or disciple, discipline, disciple. Disciple your son while there is still hope. Wow. So I've, <laughs> that um, comes, those two are right together. Right next to each other. I think there's something to be said about um, your children seeing how um, God is moving in your own life, even to the point of being generous and giving and serving those that can't uh, give you anything back in return. And your trust as a father, as a parent, is in the Lord to provide for you and your family. And your children will see that. And you're discipling your children as they follow your model and watch how you how you live. Jude, one more question: When you see your dad serving, your mom serves too. Is it a blessing to know that your parents love the Lord Jesus Christ and serve Him? It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. It is, and you want to amaze. We we have an amazing God. Yeah, that's that's the whole idea. Well, Nathan and Jude, thank you guys for sharing. I know you're on the program with us all the time, but this is unique. Yeah, a little bit more personal. It is. It really is. And we're, we're telling folks, listen, if you want your life changed first, know Jesus Christ as Savior. Serve him where you are. Bloom where you're planted. Yeah. But at the same time, don't, don't put your roots so deep that God can't move you uh, permanently or temporarily somewhere. Yeah. So short-term mission trip is worthwhile. Absolutely. God has uh, his purposes in the world, and even where you are in your life circumstances and your family uh, circumstances currently, um, God has purpose for you and your family to serve him and his purposes in the world. Um, and it may be short-term mission trip, uh, you know, halfway around the world like uh, Jude and I did. Uh, it may be um, locally, um, but it's it's really seeking the Lord. And as you seek the Lord, he's, His purposes will be shown to you. And uh, let me encourage you as a family, as a dad, um, even as a, as a son, to be obedient to what God's purpose is that He shows you. And let me throw another generation in there, grandparents. Uh, grandparents, 
you have a great influence on your children and your grandchildren. Don't blow it. Use it for glory to God. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Jude. Thank you. And we ask you to be on mission for God for His glory.